Hello and welcome to another episode of Tell Your Story, Success, Setback, and Tragedy. I'm your host, Eric Reitz. Today's episode is going to be a little different. It's going to be a little different. I'm here recording solo. And the intent of this episode is to pay tribute to a wonderful person that I was very caring and had a huge heart, was a jokester, was a friend of mine, someone that I deployed with, um, and that man's name is Ray Pizarro. Uh, January 10th, Ray lost his battle with COVID-19, and it's the world is void of a wonderful human being, a very caring person, like I said. Like I said, he didn't even, he not only did he care for veterans, but as I found out, uh, it was for everyone. And so what I did today is I put a post up on Facebook and I asked people to, you know, drop some stories that they remembered of Ray and just so I can give you, the audience, a little insight as to what a wonderful human being Ray was. So we'll start out, I'm going to start out with just a couple of stories and then I'm going to go straight to my Facebook status and I'm going to read each person's tribute to him. So, and it's going to be verbatim, uh, everything else, everything that I'm speaking is in true fashion, uh, unscripted on my part. So I'm speaking from the heart about Ray. So I hadn't seen Ray in a couple of years, but, uh, you know, we'd talk from time to time here and there. But uh, so I'll start out with just a couple of stories that really stick out of my mind uh, with Ray. The first one I'm going to tell you is a few years back, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Benjamin Watkins, was making a uh, short film that uh, kind of had the premise around uh, uh, the media and always having to get the story. So he asked me to kind of find some cast members, some people that would kind of fill in the background and in a couple of scenes. And uh, Ray was one of those guys, and he actually came down um, to the Cold Spring area when we were filming. And at one point, um, everyone's on set, everyone's on location, and pretty much we're all taking a break. So um, the entire cast is inside this house where most of us were. We're in the garage, maybe he's in the garage. Anyway, most of us had never met each other before, never worked with each other before, or anything along those lines. And we're just kind of there, and it's quiet, like just dead quiet. Everyone's kind of looking at each other. So Ray, in true Ray fashion, um, said, hey, you want to hear a joke? And people are like, well, whatever, okay. And so Ray delivers a joke, and I don't recall what this joke was, but it was definitely dark humor. And when I heard it, I busted out laughing. But the look of sheer fear or awe with the rest of the people that were there just kind of blew me away. I mean, I'm laughing. And I don't know if I'm laughing more at the joke or if I'm laughing at the reaction that he got. And Ray goes, uh, I guess this isn't the crowd to tell that joke to. So... That'll kind of set the tone for some of the stories that are coming up. Um, but the other one that I want to share with you is on a very serious note. So uh, several years ago, 
uh, I'm perusing through Facebook and I see a friend of mine uh, post that, and of course I'm going to paraphrase here because it was years ago, but you know, hey, it's not worth it. Goodbye world. Nice knowing you. This caused great concern for me because this individual, um, I'd served with him, he's a veteran, had been on deployments. And so I was a little concerned, sending out messages, you know, um, not getting any replies. Other people were commenting on his Facebook, hey, are you all right? I'm trying to message. And then, of course, it turns into a little bit more panic. And people are like, hey, have you been able to get a hold of him? No, I can't. I'm, he's not answering this and that. So I pick up my phone and give him a call, and he answered me. And he was obviously distraught, upset, crying, and said that life was over, that the world was better off without him, and that he was going to take his own life. And I said, where are you? And he told me a location. It was in uh, northern Minnesota. And so I'm I'm at least three hours away. So I'm like, well, I, I can't get to you, you know, in three, you know, until three hours. And uh, so we talked a little bit and he told me, yep, I'm ready. The gun is in my hand. Uh, I'm ready. And I said, hold on, hold on. Let's talk a little bit. And uh, we talked it out a little bit and um, had some conversation. And then I said, hey, do you mind if I reach out to some friends that can come down and meet you? And he said, yeah, I will. And so the search is on. I'm on, I'm on a cell phone. I'm on my home phone. I'm calling people while I'm talking to this individual. I'm like, hey, and just so you know, I'm calling a couple of people. If that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I'm out on Facebook. I'm like, hey, how do I get a hold of anybody around, you know, such and such location? How do I get a hold of anyone? And uh, Ray answers. And Ray called me. So I'm on the phone with Ray. I'm on the phone with uh, my veteran friend. And I said, hey, uh, how close are you to so-and-so? He's like, oh, I'm not that far. I could I could get there. I, you know, I filled him in on what's going on. I could get there real quick. He goes, I might be speeding. You might have to call in a few favors for me, but uh, I could get there quick. So I'm talking to my veteran friend, and I said, hey, uh, I have a guy that's willing to come out from Fargo, pick you up, and uh, take you up to the Fargo VA. Is that something you want to do? And we talked some more, and uh, Ray told me, he's like, I'm on my way. And so I talked with my friend a little bit more, and uh, to set it up a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Ray doesn't know who this individual is, never met him. But he was willing to, at the drop of a hat, you know, it's the middle of the night, to go help this vet. So I'm talking with my buddy a little bit more. And I said, hey, what's close to you, gas station or where, you know, and so we agreed upon this location. So I call Ray back and I said, Ray, hey, meet so-and-so at this gas station. And uh, he's like, yep, I'm on my way. He goes, I already got stopped once. He goes, I'm, I'm breaking the sound barrier here. And I'm like, we'll get there safely. But, uh, you know, he explained to the law enforcement officers that I'd stopped him. He ended up getting stopped, I believe, twice that night and explained to him what was going on. He had a vet in distress that he was going to pick up. So as we go on, um, you know, of course, other people are trying to call, get a hold of this individual. They're calling the police. 
and all of that. So, and I don't exactly remember how it worked out. However, uh, my friend agrees to go to this gas station in a particular town. I tell Ray to get there. My friend shows up and the county sheriffs are there because other people had called. And this is a recipe for disaster. So sheriff's office takes him into custody and uh, says, yeah, we're going to bring you into for an eval, you know, 72 hour hold, mental health, this and that. And my friend was able to actually call me on the cell phone and said, hey, I'm in the back of the squad. They're taking me to the hospital. I'm like, oh, shit, this isn't our plan. This isn't what we were planning on doing. So he goes, if this guy is willing to talk to you, will you talk to him? And I said, absolutely. So he talked to the deputy and thank God that night that deputy said, yes, I will talk to that individual. And I said, hey, I'm so-and-so, uh, you know, I have a veteran that's coming down to to pick him up. We're going to take him to the Fargo VA. We're going to get him the help because a 72-hour hold at the hospital isn't going to do a damn thing for this guy. He needs to go to the VA. And that deputy actually said, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was, you know, that was in place. He goes, tell your friend who's coming to pick him up to come to this address and he can go with him and bring him to the Fargo VA. Ray gets down there, breaking the speed barrier, the sound of light, uh, picks up um, my friend and takes him to the VA. And I tell you this story with the permission of that friend who I'm not going to name, but when he saw the status this morning, he actually sent me a Facebook message and he said, hey, um, feel free to share my story. And he goes, I want you to know that uh, Ray came and saw me every single day. I was in treatment and he picked me up the day I was done with treatment and he brought me home and he checked in on me weekly to see how I was doing. And that's the very small part of the story, but it goes to show you what kind of heart Ray had, especially for veterans. Like I said, everyone he helped, but he had a huge heart for fellow veterans. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go to Facebook and I'm going to talk about the uh, stories that people posted on my Facebook page and I'm going to read them verbatim and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, Randall Earl Long, and I'm sorry if I butcher any of your names because some of you I haven't met or haven't uh, talked to you before. So Randall Earl Long says, I remember Ray was battling some things and went to a treatment program, but he was able to do stuff on the weekends. Matthew McClellan and myself made the drive from Indiana to be with him. We spent that night sharing some tasty burgers and lots of laughed, laughing. If anyone remembers anything about Ray, it was that awesome belly laugh he had. LOL. Lastly, I first met Ray during a Wounded Warrior Project retreat which I didn't know had an obstacle course that was super high. I hate heights, which is why in the military I chose to keep my feet on the ground, but we were required to participate. Ray was my partner during this, and I'll be damned against all odds. He got me through it and helped me overcome that fear. Even in, when a, time, even in a time where he was focusing on his own healing, he still tried to help others. That's a true testament to his character. 
Uh, Emily, his daughter, commented as well and uh, said, it's not a vet story, but he also helps random people that would he would run into. For example, for some reason, he was outside of the jail, I think, in Moorhead. He saw a man that looked lost and no idea what to do, so he offered to help. As he was driving him to where he needed to go, he told jokes, of course. He told me how he debated on telling a joke as the man he picked up looked like a real chulo, sagging pants and covered in tattoos, a real tough guy. And my dad said he decided to tell him, what do you call a Mexican with a rubber toe? The man sat there and thought about it and looked at him and asked what. My dad said, Roberto. And the man just stared at my dad and eventually busted out laughing and thanking my dad for brightening his day. Another time he picked up someone was at the Holiday Gas Station on 19th North. He warned the guy that his vehicle might scare him or make him feel weird, worry him, and the man didn't believe him. Said that he's seen a lot of things in his life and nothing can scare him. So they get in his truck and the man took back what he said because all he saw around my dad's truck is guns. But my dad took him where he needed to be and told him his jokes. We got Dustin Hurd, uh, another deployment uh, buddy of ours. Ray picked me up at my house for my very first drill. I'd never met him before this. He hugged my mom and said, Don't worry, Mrs. Hurd. We're going to take real good care of your son. And then my neighborhood heard the famous Ray Pizarro belly laugh. Joe Butler, one of my favorite quotes from Ray when he was dealing with an annoying private in the Chow Hall in Mississippi. He leaned over to the private and very calmly stated, I'll beat you with a bag of oranges just so I can have some juice. But honestly, are there so many stories. Now this is Joe talking. We did an elk hunt through Hunting with Heroes, Wyoming. It was the first hunt Ray had ever been on. We backpacked seven miles in on horses. Ray was terrified of horses and needed a CPAP to sleep, but he still wanted to do it. Fortunately, my dad was able to hook him up with a battery-powered CPAP machine. It was the hardest hunt I have ever been on. Even barreling down a mountain after a bull elk when his stirrup broke, he drove on. After the horse jumped a log and he was bucked off, he drove on. After the mouse ate some of his breakfast burrito, he ate the rest. He was the epitome of perseverance. The last night in the mountains, we got surrounded by a pack of wolves. The howling was intense, eerie to say the least. The guides and I put every bit of wood we can find on the fire and pulled the panic horses close to the fire. We stood in a circle with pistols in hand just waiting. The howling and yapping was so loud. After about an hour, it just stopped. They were gone. The guys and I looked at each other in relief and then looked around. Where's Ray? One guy said. He slept through the whole thing. Even though we got it skunked, it was such an amazing trip. I will forever miss Ray. Thanks for allowing me to share. Ryan Soley talks about uh, his story about Ray. A few, few years ago, when a veteran had passed away, there was a small church in Minnesota whose minister had said in a sermon that the reason the veteran died young was because of the way they lived. This upset the veteran's family. Ray and I drove to the church the next Sunday and sat in the back pew. Of course, being strangers, everyone wanted to know who we were, 
The minister came and introduced himself. All eyes were on us. The minister asked what brought us to their church, and Ray said in a flat, serious tone, we came here for you, and just stared at the minister. Needless to say, needless to say, it was dead quiet in the church, and the minister became obviously upset. Ray said, we will talk after your sermon. Afterwards, we met the minister and seven other men in the minister's office. Ray explained why we were there and started rattling off scripture. In the end, the minister was about in tears, and Ray had everyone praying. We told them when we left, we would be following up with the family and expect apology to them. If not, we would be back the next Sunday. The minister was a man of honor and did apologize. Dan Gazelka, Daniel Gazelka, also known as Zeke. I didn't know Ray real well at this point. We were both specialists getting ready for Bosnia deployment. It was lightly misting on and off that day, and we had our ponchos in our cargo pockets walking back from Chow in Ripley, and Ray says, Want to have some fun? Follow my lead and put on your poncho. We walk into another company motor pool with a bunch of Bradleys and Ray Bellows with authority, like he owns the place. Who's in charge here? A staff sergeant runs up and says, I am. Who's asking? Ray goes, I'm in charge, motherfucker, question mark. I'm in charge, asshole, question mark. Is that how you're addressing us? Suddenly nervous staff sergeant says, Um, uh, I'm in charge here, sir. Ray glaring partly right. Actually, I'm in in charge here now. And do you know what I see? Nervous staff sergeant can't pick an eye. So one thing you have to know is... uh, Ray, you know, kind of, he was coined kind of the phrase crazy eyes. Uh, that was kind of his name in uh, in Iraq for the Raven as well. So he had a little bit of a lazy eye. So he was good with it. So that's why I'm, I'm telling you. Um, and he, he would joke about it quite a bit. So let's go back to the story. Nervous staff sergeant can't pick an eye. Ray, look me in the eye when I'm talking to you. Now these Bradleys are not in numeric bumper number order. Make that happen for me yesterday. Staff Sergeant registers the truth and authority in Ray's voice, snaps a salute, and double times it barking orders. Ray says, walk fast, follow me. We round a building, Poncho's back in the pocket. Not a moment too soon, a huffing E5 and a private come running around the building and ask, hey, have you seen, have you two seen a couple of officers in Poncho's? We look at each other and look at them, and Ray says, no, Sergeant, haven't seen any officers today. I hope everyone laughs at that because that's damn funny. That's <laughs> and it's like an unbelievable story, but knowing Ray, that is that's Ray Pizarro. Uh Adam Gunderson, uh we were at Camp Ripley getting ready for an exercise and Ray was sleeping in the back of the deuce and a half. Had to go wake him up, so I crawled into the deuce and half hit his boot a couple of times with my foot to try wake him up and he wouldn't get up. So I moved up, started shaking him on the shoulders, and he still wasn't moving. So then I tapped him on the face a couple of times, and all of a sudden, his left hand shot up, grabbed me by the throat, fully extended, and just started squeezing. After about 10 seconds, he realized that what he was doing came to let go of my neck and said, Hey, Gundy, what's up? From that point on, I always knew never to wake Ray up within arm's reach. Uh, Iso Shraga punched in and says, uh, 
the specialists, everyone wanted around, but no one wanted to be responsible to supervise. I enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, that, see, now that's, that's funny. That's, that's really funny. So these are just a couple of stories about Ray and who he was and that he was always willing to drop everything and go help someone. And I was looking at Ray's um, Facebook the other day, um, shortly after uh, he had passed away. And there's another gentleman, and uh, without looking at the status, because there's so many postings, uh, tributes to Ray on his page that it would take me way too long on this podcast to dig through it. But to paraphrase it, is a gentleman in Minnesota uh, was looking for a vehicle and you know, the, an organization or someone had actually secured a vehicle for this uh, person in need. And uh, so Ray flew down to uh, Texas, I believe it was, to go down and pick this vehicle up and uh, drive it back to Minnesota. So that's what Ray did. And uh, to go on into the into the story, uh, as Ray hits Minnesota, um, it's a little bit of a snow and ends up rolling that vehicle. He was okay and all of that, but ends up calling this individual and says, yeah, you know, I uh, I rolled the vehicle. And so the guy that's posting the story is like, yeah, you know, I raise a jokester. I don't really understand it. Uh, or I don't really, I didn't take him serious. I didn't think he was serious. But then all of a sudden uh, the realization hit him and that uh, he actually didn't roll the truck that he had flown down to Texas. But there again, that's another story of what Ray would do. And I know I'm doing him an injustice uh, because of not telling more stories. But um, I felt that it was very important uh, as a Tell Your Story podcast that uh, all of our listeners uh, truly understand how amazing Ray was and he was willing to drop everything to go help veterans in need. And as you heard his daughter say, other people in, in need. So, um, yeah, we lost, we lost a good one. And, uh, that's, that's all I can say about that. So thanks for taking a listen to, uh, this short little episode, uh, and paying homage to, uh, Ray Pizarro. Ray, um, I miss you. Uh, I love you, and uh, watch over the rest of us uh, down here as we uh, try to be half the person that you were when it comes to helping everyone under the sun. So thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on Tell Your Story.